Mary Poppins, practically perfect in every way. Be the miners. Sure, they're like three years old. Miners, not miners. If you eliminate the impossible, whatever remains, however improbable, must be the truth. <laughs> I don't, don't want to kill you. What would I do without you? Every time someone says I do not believe in fairies, somewhere there's a fairy that falls down we dead. We women who aren't afraid to fight, to stand up for our dignity. Transference is inevitable, sir. Every human being has an impact. There are no colored bathrooms in this building. Simple string of pearls. Well, I don't own pearls. Lord knows you don't pay colors enough to afford pearls. Life will not be contained. Life breaks free. Words are, in my not-so-humble opinion, our most inexhaustible source of magic. Hello and welcome. This is Bite the Pen. I'm Jen Hansen, and sitting across from me is Miss Charlotte Martinez. Hello, Charlotte. Hello, Jen Hansen. Oh my god. <laughs> How are you? I am good, Jen Hansen. Oh my god. <laughs> How are you, Jen Do you remember um, Zoe? With Zoe B from Safwad? Yes. Like, sometimes she'd come up to me and be like, Jen Hansen. <laughs> or other times she'd just be like, hey, Hansen. I'm like... Do you know how much I love it when people call me by my last name? That like, Julia cool. did that. I, I had old teachers who used to do that. I just, for some reason, I'm immediately like, yes, ma'am. I like it. it. What do you want from me? It seems to, like, change your mentality when you're in school. Because if, like, somebody called me Martinez, I'm like, oh, yes, <laughs> I'm ready. What's your I'm question? I'm here. Uh, it's, yeah. You know, otherwise, like, Charlotte. I'm like, what? Right. You know. Yeah. 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 Did I say hello? This is Bite the Pen? Did you I did. say that? You okay, say cool. That. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I like it. So we're going to be discussing part, well, this is part two, and we're going to be discussing um, some other topics in Fantastic Beasts and where to find them, the screenplay as well as the film. Yes. Do you have anything to add to that? Um. Well, specifically, maybe we're going to talk about the joys of Jacob yes. and the trouble of Tina. Yes. And then get into... Some interesting topics oh, like God. <laughs> uh, gender um, studies and some mm. theories and maybe even some of our aspirations for it, right? Yeah. Yes. At least I would like to mention some things. Totally. Yeah. Cool. Well, that sounds good. Where should we start? Can we start with yours? Yeah. Okay. Then we can have fun talking about Tina and Jacob. Yay. I was like, Tina? That doesn't match up. Okay. <laughs> so this is the, par- not peripatetic, what did you call it? Neoteric. Neoteric. Or Tyric. Mm-hmm. I don't know Tarek. which it is. Sorry. Oh, um, well, let me Google it. Oh, my God. Okay. Can I? Yes. Just so we don't have to keep saying it wrong. Okay, Google. Neoteric. Here's the definition of Neoteric. Formal, new or modern, recent. Great. I, there was no inflection there, so I thought she was going to keep talking. Wait, maybe she'll... Neoteric. Oh, did you hear that? We're doing it. Neoteric. 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 Yeah. Neoteric. Okay. Nice. Modernity. Modern, <laughs> but not pop culture. I just wanted to add that little caveat. That's in there. true. It's not pop culture. I but... know nothing of pop culture, um, at all. Does anybody? I, I don't know. I. Does it matter? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the definition of pop culture is it's gone by tomorrow. So. But it seems like that's what people like to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Which people is okay. <laughs> It is unfortunate because, you know, I don't know anything about that. So people are like, blah, 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 at work. And I'm like, cool. Aw, great. Let's talk about something else. Anything else. But they don't. You're shaking your head. I agree. (laughs) That's that's why I'm shaking my head. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I guess sometimes it does define 
a generation, but I think other things define generations. <laughs> this is like a well. huge statement. <laughs> I guess pop culture defines our generation, <laughs> but meaning like it, we're we're described by what we talk about as a generation. Yeah, that's true. And we're choosing not to talk about those things. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. No. Thank you. <laughs> so I basically wanted to talk about four things in my neoteric segment which is the fancy name for jen talking about stuff um (laughs) so one is graves slash grindelwald um just as a character two is the sexuality and fantastic beasts three is uh grindel I've been calling him Grindel, so in my head hey, he's just Grindel. I think we should nickname him the Grindel. Okay. Because <laughs> Grindelwald is hard to say, and it, it sounds funny. Yeah. He's almost like the Grinch, but the Grindel. Yeah. And I've been using Dumble for Dumbledore, so it's Grindel and Dumble. <laughs> that sounds like Dumbo. It does sound like Dumbo. Um, so three is Grindel and Dumble's relationship. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, and then four is JK's role. Um She's I, I call her JK. I think it's more professional to call somebody by their last name, but I don't like saying Rowling because it also isn't easy to say. I um, agree. So I've been calling her JK, and it's not a disrespectful thing. It's just easier. Yeah, I agree. Okay. We're not well spoken, and we don't have time to enunciate everybody's <laughs> name. It's true. And we're, we're British. <laughs> Cheerio and flip-flop. That's not something. <laughs> flip-flop? <laughs> Um, okay, so one is about Grindel. Um, in my humble opinion, I think he's a poorly constructed character. The first thing I wanted to point out was that J.K. gives him many different roles. R-O-L-E-S. I said that weird. Roles. It's hard to say. And they, they're they like far... Okay, let me just tell you some of them. Um, she calls him a mentor, a possible lover, a parent, a teacher. Um, and... These are all, they they seem like they're similar, but they're actually completely different power dynamics depending on what the role is. Um, did did you find that he like seems most like one of those particular labels or any label? I guess. I well, the only word that comes to mind when I think of Grindel is is manipulator. Oh, right. I just think of as manipulator, mm-hmm. um, because he's playing all these roles, and that's typically what a manipulator will do is kind of fit the mold in order to get what he wants. Um, so that might be an excuse as to why she's using him that way, but it's kind of not because he's not hes not a clever manipulator. He's just filling in the role. Exactly. That's, yeah, that's basically my basic sentiment is like, that's the only possible answer besides incompetence <laughs> on JK's part would be that he's, he's a manipulator. But like you just said, I'm just repeating what you said and being a mansplainer. No, um, <laughs> that when he doesn't deliver on that role which is supposed to be the role he has that's a problem (laughs) and it doesn't make him intriguing either there's villains that are manipulators but they're intriguing because they have some deeper deeper hurt or some deeper story or some connections to other characters that kind of make them vulnerable Mm -hmm. and right now he's unsympathetic completely um, just because he's all over the place and i i find him a little flat yeah because I don't, because there is no connection, like what you're talking about, it's all just kind of like, okay, and what? You know, like we don't, we're not connected, like you said, to him at all. And he's not connected to anything that we know of. Right. 
it just goes into a bigger issue. But my my second point is that he's a very poor villain or antagonist, which is what you just said. So way to way to go. Uh, I was agreeing with you. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> and I feel like he either has or pretends to have traits that we like in villains. Maybe this is more true in um, Fantastic Beasts too, but. I think to some degree he's supposed to be cunning. He just isn't. But I think that that's the way he was supposed to be designed. Do you know what I mean? Because these scenes don't feel like somebody who knows what they're doing. But it seems to be fooling everyone in the universe. So maybe we're supposed to also think? I don't know. You know what I mean? I know this is not exactly on topic, but I'm trying to compare it to Voldemort and his development. And everybody feared him. And, you know, there was a lot of mystery at the time behind who he was, what he did. But still, I felt like that mystery worked. Mm-hmm. And I can't I can't quite tell why that worked and Grindelwald's weird cunning doesn't. Mm-hmm. But you're right. It doesn't. It doesn't work. Just because I thought Voldemort was very well developed as a villain, completely, and I can't, I can't quite tell what happens in like the fear development because I'm led to believe that he is fe- that Grindel is feared, but I, I don't feel that way. I feel like he's nuts sometimes and doesn't Wait. make sense. <laughs> but. Well, there's, there's no, I mean, except for that very brief uh, newspaper article right in the beginning, we don't see anything from him. I mean, so how are we supposed to feel anything? Was it in the beginning of this one where there's like the four guys in the dark and they get killed? It's like a really short preview. Yeah. 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 See, that scene made no sense to me. And it didn't make me like connect with him either way. Ah, Like I either want to vote for the bad guy to some degree or like understand or I just want to be like, wow, he's despicable. Yeah. But we didn't get either of those. It was just like a really quick scene with men and it was night. And I was like, okay, did they like forget to cut this? That's so interesting. Do you think so if we had seen him more or if there was some sort of scene that we got at the very beginning, do you think that would have helped? I think it would have helped. It at least would have given me like a um, scale yeah. to base him off of. Right. If he killed. Because then, I mean, in the second one, you know, there's a kill scene. Uh, with the family and that was absolutely meaningless and pointless and like stupid um but if we had seen something like that in the first one I think I might have been more like oh okay like he's like kind of like a deranged killer like the Harry Potter Joker you know (laughs) yes I see where you're going but he didn't we don't and there isn't okay so yeah I think yeah he he lacks a depth. And I felt like even Johnny Depp couldn't carry or improve the character. Because, I mean, you know how I feel about Newt. Eddie Redmayne actually saved the character of Newt. And I think Johnny Depp maybe even tried to, but there was literally nothing he could really do with it. Right. Um, and not just Johnny Depp, but the other guy. I was going to say, because we don't see Johnny Depp all that much, but I'm wondering what you thought of Graves's portrayal of Grindel, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. how do you think Graves w- was developed as a villain that somewhat maybe added to Grindel's uh, character build? I mean, if we see him, like, working up to being this ruthless guy, then I feel like we can understand the plunge into darkness. Ah. And that's a really good start because he makes some really basic mistakes as Graves. But that's just not true. 
So it comes off as very, like, weird. Yeah, because Graves, I don't think we see, I mean, we see Graves sentenced two people to death, which was kind of odd. But we never see him kill anybody. Do we? No, I don't think so. Okay. Oh, my God. I'm Not just trying to review remember. the movie. Okay. Yeah. So that's interesting. So to, to try to believe that Graves is then Grindelwald, it, it's a huge jump. You're right. So by the time we're into the second movie, we kind of forget that he was, that Graves was Grindelwald because they don't seem to connect. And we haven't, I didn't see anything in, in the first one to make me believe that he has all these followers all of a sudden. He didn't do anything. Like, yeah. I don't understand, you know? Unless we're missing a lot of things. And and no, if we are, but... then that should have been the second film. Yeah, I was just thinking that. I was like, no, but then they would tell us. and Yeah. Yeah. So that's no excuse either. You're right. Hmm. It's right. just poorly done. Okay. Just overall poorly done. I agree. So the next thing I want to talk about is the sexuality in Fantastic Beasts. Um, I think it's very poorly constructed uh, and carried out. But I want to talk about it a little bit with you first before I yeah <laughs> everything sucks <laughs> basically and the first thing of course that I want to say is that you know like Grindel it's not my problem isn't that Grindel is supposed to be a gay man who happens to be evil or bad or villain whatever that is great to some degree you know uh, if there were more representation all across the board all the time it would be totally great Right. Because it's like, yeah, gay people can be bad guys, too. Right. I was going to say, you don't want the problem of, like, oh, gay guys are only bad guys, or gay guys are only good guys. Exactly. You need them all through the spectrum. Exactly. Now, go tell everybody that in the industry, because they don't (laughs) seem to understand that. So I think that Credence is one of the characters I would call questioning his sexuality. Um, And I think we see that in the script, but we don't see that in the film. Ah. There's a lot of like uh, action description that J.K. writes that are very explicit about what's going on in Credence's head. Oh, yeah. Which in the scene, like in the alley scene, um, in the very, I think it was our very first interaction, it's very dark. <laughs> like it. Visually dark. Visually dark, yeah. So you can't actually see anything. Whereas in the script, obviously there are like certain beats that she hits that you're like oh yeah Mm -hmm. that's he's questioning his sexuality and it's very much implied yeah in the text yeah 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 yeah. and actually when i was reading it i even like saw like credence in my mind i saw him like staring at graves a while longer than what happens in the movie because i'm like yeah if i was questioning i would i would want to stare at this beautiful man totally but it doesn't quite happen in the movie the movie's all over the place huh which I it's interesting because I think that like the film also works. I think that the film works better than the script to, in some things, but I think that the problem still goes back to J.K. In my opinion, while that's all an issue with Credence, I think that the bigger issue about I mean it's not an issue that he's questioning his sexuality. It's an issue that we don't really see it when it was supposed to have been there to some degree. Um, I think the the major issue is that it has nothing to do with his development as a character it has nothing to do with his goals it has nothing to do with anything if we're gonna be like teasing that then it has to have some sort of payoff the payoff is kind of a mean way of saying it but yeah i mean not mean but you know but a reason to be there exactly a point yeah to it um and that's you know i know that's kind of like it's it's kind of a difficult topic because in 
it just depends how you do it though like i think it's perfectly fine to have a gay character and it has nothing to do with them being gay but if you're gonna have a character who's questioning their sexuality then questioning their sexuality is going to be part of the story yes and it's not ah i see interesting so why is it there right answer me that <laughs> I uh, I don't know. I I think I think the implication for me was really intriguing cuz it was new, mm-hmm. especially in the Harry Potter universe, um and especially since all of this gossip after Harry Potter ended that that um Dumbledore was supposed to be gay. Like that introduces a whole new chapter of possibility for the Harry Potter universe and to have it demonstrated in a young boy or young man um I I don't know why, but that really intrigued me. And you're right. I felt kind of disappointed. Disappointed. <laughs> yeah, that it didn't it didn't give me it didn't give me something. And like it it was there, but it I hate to say payoff, but kind of. Yeah. That's what story is. It's yeah. you want the catharsis later, right? Well, where was the catharsis with him if that's what he he was confused about? Exactly. And maybe it's coming. Maybe don't get me wrong. There's going to be more, but yeah. and his story isn't finished. Uh, absolutely. But man, if it doesn't pay off, I'm gonna. You're right. It's poor representation in that instance if it doesn't get to where it needs to go. Yeah. Because the culture calls for that right now, and we need to see it. Yeah. And if you don't want that in your story, then then don't put it in. Right. It's okay to not want that in your story. That's fine. Like just don't put it in. Right. If you don't know what you're doing, just don't put it in. That's you know what true. I mean? It's How really simple. Interesting. Okay. Which is why I've, I lose a little bit of respect for her because I feel like she's doing it all for the, all the wrong reasons. Right. And she doesn't care about how it actually is going to play out. It's just a thing that she's doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. She doesn't actually give a shit about it. Wow. Is that the same? Well, sorry. You're probably going to talk about this, but is that the same then for Grindel's? role in his relationship with Dumbledore? Is we're going to talk about like, it. Yeah, sorry. Okay. No, no, no. It's okay. It's a good question. I We're going to talk about it because cool. I want to know what you think That's as well. It's a whole other thing. Yeah. <laughs> this is a whole other thing. <laughs> Before you read the script, did you pick up on any subtext in the film between Credence and, and Graves slash Grindle? I picked up on Graves's implication that he was somewhat um, well, manipulative but just the fact that he did all these weird movements like grabbing his neck and speaking this close to his face. Right. And Graves doesn't show that characteristic with anybody else mm. in the movie except for Credence. And it could be that he's just a, a younger character, but even like even some things that he was saying to him was inappropriate, you know? So I, I think I could... I, it came across. Um, as manipulative or as a, a per- possible like gay relationship of some kind? It, well... Both and neither are fair. I mean... I guess... Okay. I guess not... I don't know, then. Because you're right. It wasn't clear. Don't get me wrong. Maybe right. it, maybe after watching it a few times, it it kind of sunk in that he maybe like this weird... He uses like, like sexual movements to manipulate, mm-hmm. and that's kind of disturbing. But I don't know if you're right. I, you're probably right. I probably never got to that place where I'm like, oh, yeah, he's probably like bi or gay or, right I, it, you're right it didn't get there for me which Period. again i mean i don't think that that's a problem other than the fact that it's explicitly in the script but also the like contradiction is explicitly in the script and we talked about this before that like 
it's fine to make your audience confused, but you have to know what you're making them confused about. Ah, yeah, the creator has to know. Exactly. Otherwise, it's just bad filmmaking. Right. <laughs> How interesting. Well, what about you? Did you, without reading the script? Um, I thought it was really weird. Yeah. Because he was a lot older, and he obviously had, a, like, was manipulating him but I thought it it just came off really weird to me because again it was like mixed messages but not in a like I don't know how to describe it it's really like nuanced I guess but it's not like the sort of interaction you see in Carol with the two characters ah. who are unsure of their sexuality at different points you know what I mean right like you can tell that they like are into each other but they don't want to necessarily out themselves to each other. You know what I mean? Right. It's never, never in that film did I have a point where I was like, oh, this is manipulation. This is a bad person. Right. And I got a, a lot of that in, from Graves mainly, not necessarily from Credence, which I think maybe was what was needed to help me understand. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. And I think most people would agree. Do you think it would be any different than if Credence was a girl and he was acting that way with with a young woman? Interesting. I mean, I want to say no, but yes. Yeah. Um, just because it feels different. Right. Um, but I, I think that if it were an older woman and young Credence, I think I would get the same feeling I got as... Um, graves and credence totally okay but i don't know is that sexist i don't know no that's what i mean like it I, immediately if it was if credence was very much like a feminine woman <laughs> i mean you know you can have a yeah a girl if, if, if credence was a girl um and he had been doing things like grabbing her neck and speaking into her ear i right. mean automatically i know what that means and i get grossed out immediately right it's very um Unsettling. Unsettling for me. Yeah. As a, as a, I mean, but it should be unsettling for anybody. It should be. Yeah. That's why I'm thinking, that, yeah, we should, we should know that that's unsettling no matter who is doing that to who. You right. Know? Right. Especially when we don't know them or who, who they are to each other. Right. Meeting in a dark alley isn't always a good <laughs> way to find out. Some, you know what I mean? Yes, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe it was partially the setting, too. Because anywhere else I might have thought maybe this was romantic. Oh. But because it's in like a dirty alley and it was very darkly shot, it was hard to tell anything. Yeah. Interesting. Location, location. Let's move on to number three. Yay. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Grindle and Dumble's relationship. Ah, we get to it. <laughs> G and D. <laughs> I thought it was interesting. So I was looking or poking around on the internet, looking up stuff. And I saw an article where somebody was talking about how some people, some fans are calling this relationship an afterthought, which mm. I thought was like, whoa, like that's wow. But first I want to hear what you think. Wait, meaning you <laughs> agree with that or you don't agree with that? I'm not telling you. What? <laughs> so what I want to know, yeah, is what, what you think of the relationship just as a whole. It, and if it was, like, an afterthought that J.K. sort of created? I mean, yeah, if you want to go there. I mean, I just thought that, that was an interesting bit that I saw that I hadn't put into such clear terms. Right. Um, and I think that's one view. That's not all, everybody's view. Right. So I guess I just want to know what your view is. Well, I guess I, I cheated a little bit, too, after Harry Potter was over, and I 
I kind of stumbled upon a short film that had been done about Grindelwald and Dumbledore. Fan made, right? Fan made, mm-hmm. yes, but really well done. On totally. on the beach when they had this big battle that I apparently killed the little sister. Of, right. Um, and that we do get a little bit of in in the ending of Harry Potter. Because mm-hmm. the brother, the older brother comes in and a lot of that is implied that a sister was killed because of Dumbledore's weird friendship with this other crazy wizard. Right. <laughs> so that, that I feel was there already. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of mystery behind that. But I think that's the perfect seed for this new, this new series to come from it. Totally. Um, so I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that that's what we built off of. And I think I told you before that I think this this dynamic is super interesting best friends and one becomes the enemy mm-hmm. that's like classic storytelling totally. um the fact that grindelwald is not written great <laughs> doesn't, doesn't help, help but... that because yeah it's so much potential yeah um so i guess i don't care if it was an afterthought or not because there's so much potential there and as a writer that's that's like the bread and butter right. as far as character development and where you can take that if you utilize it if you utilize it and I think I did mention the fact that maybe they were lovers is even more intriguing because that's new to the, the friend dynamic or to the like the whole God and Satan dynamic, right? Where one falls and the other one is, is praised. Okay. Does that answer it? I'm yeah. Sorry. Yeah, no, I think that answers. I mean, I think it's um, – I think that's a really great writer ex- um, uh, perspective. Oh, okay. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And I mean that with love. Yes. Don't get me wrong. No, no, yes. No, now tell me what you're thinking. Um, where do we even begin? <laughs> My brain just exploded. <laughs> There's so much to say. Okay, the first thing I'm going to say is this, which doesn't answer your question. Um, there were a lot of other stories that were published that were YA books during the same time that J.K. was publishing Harry Potter. Um, the same year as Harry Potter, the first Harry Potter book in 1997, there was a YA book that had two gay characters in it. Um, so I feel like there isn't, it's not entirely out there for a series, Harry Potter in particular, to have gay characters or gay representation. Because one of the things that the articles that I were reading, I was reading were saying was that, you know, we have to take it easy on JK because even a couple, you know, two decades ago, having gay characters was not something you saw um, on screen. Which is probably, I mean, you know, in mainstream anyway. Oh, I was like, yeah. But okay, yes. But that doesn't, I mean, movies aren't books, first of all. Um, And there are plenty of books that have gay characters. Um, So I just thought that I want, I guess I just wanted to address that, that that's not an excuse. Mm -hmm. Um, If she really uh, wanted to have shown a gay character, that would have been very easy to do. So you think, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. So you think she was afraid. Okay, let's assume that the whole time she knew Dumbledore was gay. Do you think she was afraid to have any of that come out? Or that was just some back story idea that kept Dumbledore the man that he was while she was writing him? Well, she didn't come up. She didn't say anything about him being gay until very much later after a fan base had kind of come out and a lot of or you know some of her fan base were lgbtq people so whether i mean i don't honestly know that she ever intended to have a gay character i a big part of me thinks she never would have unless those fans spoke up yeah that sounds more likely 
and it's a good reason as to why she writes them so poorly because mm-hmm. she's not writing them for her, which I guess is nice, but it's also like, fuck you. <laughs> because, like, if you're going to do that, then you have to do the research. Right. You have to be able to, like, back up what you're saying. You have to, like, read the books. Not you just have to, to appease like, some of your... Or to make assumptions that you know what it's like to be a gay man um, and just sort of paint with a, in a broad stroke. Is that what the saying is? Yeah. Um, that just astounds me to some degree. I'm just like, what is your problem? Yeah, because um, then you get misrepresentation, right? And exactly. You said that's even worse than no representation at all. Absolutely. I would take no representation over misrepresentation any day of the week. One of the big, I know we're kind of getting far away from Dumble and Grumble. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's easier to say than Grindle and Dumble. <laughs> okay, so I want to mention that um, argument, another argument that people make is that she, she's written so much and she's known about her community, the gay, or not her community, a community um, for so long and it, it just, it's amazing that she never had even a sideline gay character uh, people were talking about like at Hogwarts how was there not a single character we meet out of all of those characters that even just not they don't have to be like you know their description doesn't have to be that they're gay um, but that there wasn't even an indication of a gay relationship after the first one obviously after Harry Potter one she wrote six more books and then a play right and then two screenplays um, and she, well, she had 4,215 pages, which is pretty awesome. And she didn't ever like think to include anyone else is basically, I guess my point that I find that really disappointing. And I find the fact that she's now throwing in this cardboard cutout of a relationship, very offensive. Just keep them out. If you don't know how to write them or want to write them, it's obviously not in her brain. She's adding, in my opinion, she's adding things. I mean, I agree with all of that. And it's a shame. And it and it's not, yeah, it's not to say that you should change your writing to appease people. I don't I don't think she should be doing that. I like don't if either. that's not what she writes, then you're right. Don't write it. Yeah. So it makes me think that some other some other force, either if it's production, if it's the fan base, is like forcing this so much that she just throws in these cardboard cutouts. I, but I don't know. Yeah, I, it might be doing more damage than good. If I it's think not it is. Done well, yeah. Okay. I think it's a disservice right. to a lot of people uh, because that's what we're sort of used to. We're used to either, uh, you know, cruel um, characterizations of what gay people are like, or that they're like demonic. Right. That's like the old school. Gay people are evil. Really? Um, Damn. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, it's really, to me, it's, I mean, obviously she's not saying gay people are evil, but, like, I, I don't think that she's helping. I definitely think she's hurting. But the relationship itself, I feel like we've barely seen it, first of all. And in on the screen and on the page, it hasn't actually affected the plot in any way. Mm. Um, it has potential to, and I... I kind of hope that it it does and she already started this but at this point we have some weirdly shot memories that was in the second one right or is that in the first one i think no it was the second one it was the second it was one Jude law right Jude yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. The second one. oh yeah sorry uh, i just keep remembering that horrible scene that they shot it was just so like uncomfortable you remember that scene in harry potter when like the tree thing was it was a tree and like 
Ron is fighting it with the sword and like like Hermione comes out as like a ghost thing. He's like projecting all of his fears and Hermione and like Harry are like having sex or something. Do you oh, remember that? Yeah, yeah. It's like as uncomfortable as that scene. Because <laughs> that scene was really uncomfortable and like weirdly shot. Yeah, it was. It was just like that. It was just like why what okay. <laughs> These people have obviously never met gay people before. <laughs> That's <laughs> okay. That's interesting. Okay. I mean, I guess that wasn't totally about their relationship, but I just, I don't even like calling it a relationship because it doesn't feel like a real relationship. I would actually either, either don't make that connection. Don't go changing your canon, which he keeps doing and it's driving everyone insane. Um, or, you know, do either, I don't know write what you can write or make them friends like I'm do you know what I mean like I would rather I know I keep harping like on this point but there it's such a it's such a fuck you in so many ways in my opinion it's like you know we can just commodify anything like oh you want some gay men in there sure we'll throw them in we have no idea what they do or how they act or what their relationships are like or how they flirt or anything but we'll we'll just come up with it you know it'll be easy that's what it feels like that's what it comes across like too. Thank God that 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 backstory of friendship gone bad is so concrete. Right. That I bet you most of the fans can, I mean, not even yeah. forgive but forget the the whole misrepresentation thing. I do because I'm like, man, best friends, what happened? That's at the forefront of my mind all the time. Right. And because I think that's well developed still yes. in this universe, then I can focus on that and yes. and kind of brush i mean i really don't want to brush off the fact that 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 could be potentially amazing to add to a friendship or right. to this relationship totally this love right i mean wow because friendship has been done before and the in the fallen angel has been done forever but man this is the new element that the culture needs right now and that's what makes it sad is that it's not it's not being built up because now it's just going to be the same old story don't get me wrong it'll work you just lose a whole bunch of potential and i yeah i really do think it depends on how you're watching if you're a really big fan of harry potter i can understand um we have some friends who i think really really love harry potter and i think that they are able and willing to set aside how poorly done a relationship is a, a, a man a man um, a gay relationship between two men um because they're fans of Harry Potter. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And that's fair. I totally get that. I forgive the X-Files for a lot of really, <laughs> really, really bad stuff because I love it so right, much. Right, because you're a fan. Yes. Totally. Okay. But if I were just somebody, some rando, and I went and saw that, especially the second one because of that scene, but I think even just hearing about this um, and knowing what we know about the relationship so far, it's like, what? <laughs> like, is it? It feels, it just, it just feels like she just slapped a label on it. Yeah. She yeah. didn't actually consider these characters to be real. And that's like the first step. You always have to make them as real as possible. We talked about this with Aristotle. Yep. They have to be real people. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. That is one of his rules is make them consistent with who they are. Right. Um, and then think about the the age that they're in now. I mean, in 1920s. I mean, there's potential there, too, because discrimination is rampant 
and the fact that there's like a war between magic and non-magic mm-hmm. like that's what's happening now in our world so why not reflect more of that discrimination um she don't give a fuck. I, is that it? I don't know. Because but it, <laughs> I, I, it tends to, I think the whole discrimination against non-muggles is coming across really well, mm-hmm. uh, especially with the relationship between Jacob and Newt. Right. Because um, you see a friendship. Um, blossom. Blossom. Yeah. Beautiful friendship. Right. <laughs> and, and it's pointed out several times that he's a nomad. Right. Um, so that works well. And that yeah. makes me get over discrimination. Uh, I mean, you know, I don't know. I mean, well, we we talked about this a little bit. I don't really think that she writes female characters that well. Oh. And I also am finding I don't think she writes gay characters very well. Oh, interesting. It's um, a straight man, eh? And, and <laughs> I mean, we had a few um, black characters in the second Fantastic Beast, and I think we had one, right, in Harry Potter. And they're all kind of just, like, made to be white people yeah not that they need to be like quote black or anything but you know what i mean they're just sort of they're not given any sort of respect it's just another label that she like taped onto them right so i i mean i she is so good at writing straight white males so good at it but i i just don't know that she can write other things (laughs) interesting because even the opportunity um for feminism in the president, the choice of president, right? Yeah. I actually don't know where she's supposed to be from, mm-hmm. but she looks very... Oh, actually, I don't even know what she looks I know, like. I was say, what does she look like? <laughs> I mean, whatever it is, it's 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 different and it's refreshing. Yeah. Um, I wonder if she's supposed to... Sorry. Go ahead. I wonder if she's supposed to be French because her last name is Pickery. Oh. I don't know. I mean, I guess that sounds very English, but it also seems like it'd be a little... French. Maybe. I don't know. And then her, I mean, even choice of wardrobe, though, it, yeah. it implies, like, she wears something on her head and, yeah. and the symbol on her on her jacket. It's all very placed. Right. Which make I was waiting for something there, too. I'm like, totally. wow, this is different. This isn't the white old man right. who's in charge. <laughs> like, what's she going to do? And it that fell short, too, because we don't see anything unique about that. I mean, there wasn't any... Right? Am I right? No, you're totally right. I'm just thinking maybe it was the production company, the crew, that actually made her stand out. Ah. I mean, I don't remember her her description even in the book. Like, did she just introduce her without any description? Oh, shoot. Because then that's all pr- production. That's true. I don't remember. I, oh, I would have remembered if right? there was a unique description. Right? Yeah. Interesting. So, again, like, people are saving her work. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Oh, wow, that was a big realization. How interesting. And I'm glad they're trying. Don't get me wrong. I mean, me if too. If I was on production, I'd be like, no. If, since you have this actress, yeah. actor, she's going to be wearing this and this and this. Yeah. And she's going to she's gonna be memorable. Yeah. I'm glad. And she is. Yeah. Yeah, totally. She, I mean, don't but get not me wrong. She would be more memorable if, if she if did the character, something. Yeah, had more of a development for those specific costume choices. And, totally. Yeah. Okay. Totally. Interesting. Yeah, that's, that's a good word for it. <laughs> and she is, she's, um, after, so apparently after she wrote uh, Fantastic Beast 2, then she wrote a new book in her adult series, and then she had posted something on Twitter about how she was going to start writing Fantastic Beast 3 right after that. Um, and that was, like, in 2018. So I'm assuming, you know, they're, she's written it, and it's done, and they're shooting, because I think it comes out in November. I think. 
Or um, is it fast? I don't know. I think the last one was in November, so it's been like a year. It'll be like a year. What? Sorry, this is going to no, be off topic. I was like, you know what I would prefer? <laughs> if she took all the time she needed to write a good script. Absolutely. And and kind of save what it's been what what it's become or give it to somebody else. Oh yeah. You can be a consultant. David Yates wrote the screenplays in for Harry Potter and the screenplays for Harry Potter were great. Right. Like find yourself another David Yates or get David Yates. I think he direct directed yes. Fantastic Beasts, right? Yes. I mean, you don't have to do all of the work. It's okay. You can delegate yeah. to people who would like maybe and I feel like even David Yates would he seemed like anyway, I don't know if this is actually true. He seemed like he um had an understanding of who the characters were in Harry Potter and what was the dynamics and like what what was going on and like he could meet a lot of those beats where you need to take a minute and be like, Oh, that look means this, you know? Yes. I think that would have been uh beneficial for a screenplay. For him to write a screenplay for Fantastic Beasts. So I was a little disappointed when she said she was writing the third one. I was like, oh, just you wait till you find out what people thought of the second one. But she's got to know, right? She's got to know a little bit. I mean, how do you, especially since so much money is writing on this and obviously there's confusion and disappointment and you got to be willing to, I don't know, to think about the story and not just money so we're in number four now which is jk's role oh and good. that's a great segue segue i was like what is that diving board <laughs> um that too. Uh, the I, one of the reasons i'm frustrated with her um is because she has the means to become a better storyteller oh. right she has the money she has i mean money buys you time in a lot of instances um if anything she she's one of the people that really could afford to better herself as a writer mm-hmm. and instead it feels like she's either being arrogant or lazy or that she has very little genuine interest in these characters interesting so don't write it then like i'm just so frustrated with her at this point you're right you're right and a lot of it had to have been saved i mean because like i think we talked about how the first one was successful but it wasn't always because of what was written on the page. Exactly. It's because the actor saved it, production saved it. Exactly. Um, how interesting. And there wasn't there wasn't enough that could have been done in the second one to save that amount of poor plot and we're gonna talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, I am agreeing very much that she just she she wasn't willing to give it up, even though it's clear that it maybe is not her project. It shouldn't be her project anymore yeah i mean the the in the industry the uh the company were the ones that kind of pushed her in not pushed her but they sort of were like what do you think about making a movie about uh the fantastic beasts book right that's in the story and she like came around to the idea so it's not even like this is coming from her heart yeah Um, interesting which is okay it's okay to write not from your heart but if you're gonna do that you got to really sell it because now your heart's not in it. Or have consultants and have That's what I mean. To, yes. Yeah. You got to be able to sell that this is genuine mm-hmm. because you don't actually feel like it is genuine. Right. You know, and we need to feel like it's genuine, even if you don't. Right. Right. And there's no care there. Oh, shoot. Um, she could easily add these things. So that's my other thing is like my other frustrating point with her 
the bigger issue, I guess, for me is that she's someone with power and say. And she isn't trying to improve the system or the industry or, I don't know, like pave the way in some form or another. Um, I think it'd be really, there are some really simple ways to improve an industry that's the industry that it is. And this is the UK as well as the US industry. Mm-hmm. I I feel like it's, again, like either, whatever the reason is, I'm going to lose respect for her because none of them are good reasons. If they were a good reason, it would be working. You know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah. it's not. So, Or I would respect the fact that she's consulting with people who do have some heart in the story. Right. Because that, that, that would make, that would keep her, in my mind, a hero. Mm-hmm. But right now, her heroism is, is dying off. And it's, you're right. I think it's because it's not a project that she's interested in, yet she's clinging to it. Yeah, it, but it, it doesn't seem like she needs to, though, because she's she seems to be really into her adult book series. It's like, I think it's a crime mystery. Um, I think she really enjoys writing those. That's awesome. I, yeah, totally. I'm like, great. You found, I mean, you, you got shot into stardom, which is always difficult. Um, you handled it pretty well, considering you're getting kind of weird now, <laughs> but that's okay. It happens. Um, but yeah, like, give that to someone that you trust with your work. Or talk about what you want from the story, but ah. don't actually write it. Yes. You know, a there lot of writer um, partners do that a lot. They talk about the story and then one writes it. Yeah. You know, these are all really easy fixes. Yeah, um, interesting. Although, I mean, from the production point of view, they're, I'm, I'm sure they're like, no, 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 we have to say that J.K. Rowling wrote it because she has a following. But even in the play, right? The play that she wrote, isn't it written by her and someone else? And, like, two others, And I two think. others. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think people really care that much. Um, I mean, I think people care. Don't get me wrong. But, like, I don't think that they care in that aspect. You put her name on it, it's hers. Right. That's all people are really looking for is that it's from the mind of JK. That doesn't mean she actually has to write the damn thing. Ah, yes. I agree. And it's it's so... I mean, I can literally get online right now and find, like, a day summer a uh, day class or workshop on anything like it's not that difficult if she isn't if she is invested and this is just because she's i don't know just confused or something it's very simple you know and i i don't there's no excuse i guess is what i'm saying and that's what makes it disappointing as well yes it'd be awesome to see her i mean she she tweets a lot and people She's made the internet very angry at times because she tweets weird things or she'll, like, tweet something that has nothing to do with anything, but it's, like, changing the canon in some way. Um, I think I told you when she posted that weird thing about how witches and uh, oh, yeah. wizards, when they before, before they were domesticated, <laughs> they would just, like, pee their pants and, like, poop when they were anywhere, and then they'd magic it away. And people are like, what are you talking about? Like, even... Like, everyone, what are you talking about? What is that? It, it's just, Did I you mean, need that? No. No. And also, what the heck? I mean, medieval people had toilets, first of all. They weren't, like, the cleanest thing, don't get me wrong, but they didn't just, like, walk around shitting themselves. So she says weird things. That's um, so interesting. Yeah. And, yeah, I guess on a bigger scale, just the amount of 
people that are watching anything Harry Potter related, that's so much power and power for good. You can't, I mean, you're right, you can't take that lightly. So if you're going to do something like represent LGBTQ, you're going to have to do it correctly because there's eyes on you from everywhere and you can say that it's okay. Exactly. Exactly. Like there's going to be a lot of eyes that judge you, but if you're like I'm doing right now, but I feel like if you really are putting your heart into this and you're being open about it, that goes a long way. Even if you make mistakes, you know, if she were on Twitter talking about how she just read this LGBT book and how interesting she thought it was that about the AIDS crisis in the 80s, you know, I would immediately be like, okay, I can forgive you for some of the the like mistakes you've made okay you know because like you're proving to me that you care enough to read up on our history yes to learn to learn exactly that makes a good hero just saying it makes everything better it makes the story better it makes the emotional payoff better it makes the audience happier or sadder which is also happier (laughs) like there's literally no downside to it except for spending a little extra time. And I don't think that's a downside. Yeah. I'm just sad. I'm sorry. (laughs) I would feel more... Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I would feel more hopeful if I had heard that she was having some co-writers for the third one. Yeah. But it doesn't sound like that. Not not that I saw. I didn't explicitly look up the third one, but it just happened. It was something I saw as I was going around the internet. Yeah, I'm still holding on to some hope for that. Totally. I mean, it's either going to get worse or it's going to get better. (laughs) I mean, you know what I mean? (laughs) I hope to God it doesn't stay the same. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe we get that that first movie, uh, simple plot, Mm -hmm. uh, fresh character introduction. You know, I don't know. Maybe some of those elements will come, will circle back to the third and they'll kind of strip off all this extra stuff that they suddenly decided needed to be in there. Right. And focus on, you know, those relationships that were really well developed to begin with. Right. But maybe not. What do I know? She's, I mean, she's, in my opinion, she's writing the script, the scripts, like she wrote her book series. They're usually very in-depth and there's a lot of different character maps, you know, and like people involved with one person who's involved in another person and it all connects. But you don't have that much space on in a script. You just don't. Even reading, you know, what I've read of fantastic beast 2 and you you said it as well there's like two different introductions where we meet like five different people and they're all like named and in screenwriting if you name a character it's because they have dialogue because they're going to be a participant not just sort of a background right so that means we have like 10 new characters plus the ones we already had plus ones that had already like changed that have changed over or changed back and then other ones that are introduced that disappear so i mean what the hell What's going on? You know, there is no room for sympathy from the viewers when there's that many characters. Yeah. Whereas in the first one, we have the core four, and then we have basically the two others, Credence and Graves slash Grindle, and that's kind of it. I mean, there's some other cool characters that stick out, but that's pretty much it. Yeah. And that's how it should be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a very. It's going back to to simple plot formula. Which Catharsis, is good. All those good things. It yes. sounds bad when you say it has a simple plot, you know? I know it does. But it's a good thing, right? It's, it's a great thing. It makes you feel something. 
Whereas opposed, you know. Well, yeah, because then there's room to tell an original story when you're not when you're not trying to throw so much out there because you think it's a good spectacle. You can start thinking like a human being and start relating to very to a very select cast of characters. Yeah. And yeah, I don't I don't understand. Well, I guess I would understand if if we're trying to develop it like a Harry Potter book series. Like, sure, you, you want more characters to play more roles because the universe is large and, and this guy did that over here and this girl did that over there. But you're right. This isn't the same thing. It's not going to be seven movies based on novels. Right. It's, it's a very exactly select reboot. They talked about five films. Yeah. Oh, five. really? Five. Damn, that's even more than I thought. <laughs> well, it's not really that much for, I mean, what she's apparently making. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. The size of Fantastic Beasts 2 in terms of character and plot and what she's trying to set up is just massive. Yeah, yeah. It's literally her books, you know, and those were anywhere from 300 to 600 pages. Right. And the screenplays, she's got, what, maybe 250 to 300, but it's mostly white page, right, because it's a screenplay. Right, right. you um, got to keep that in mind. Yeah. So I don't know what she thinks she's doing. I wish the people around her were like, um... Hold up. <laughs> like, as a friend, yes, JK, I yes. gotta tell you, man, like, I know you know your shit when it comes to books, but, like, can we talk about this? Yes. I'm just trying to be helpful. Yes. That's what I hope people are saying to her, and I hope she listens to them. Me too. <laughs> I, yeah. The first Fantastic Beasts, I really loved the movie. I would pick the movie over the script any day. I thought it was just, like, cute. Not cute, in it, like, it's cute. It's, like fun and interesting and oh, it yeah. has those moments of magic that you get from harry potter uh, and newt is so great and jacob is beautiful i agree i agree yeah and i think no matter what happens after after the first one i still think i can watch um fantastic beasts and where to find them and like always be appreciative that that was the reboot that was the totally. first reboot of harry potter in the universe absolutely so i 100 percent agree that's all I got. <laughs> but this ends the Neoteric segment. Yay. The end. That was a beautiful segment. <laughs> Let's talk about the trouble with Tina. I feel like it's easier sometimes to talk about a character that we think we could write better. And then we'll end on a good note. And then we'll end on a good note with Jacob. So, so the trouble with Tina... Trouble with Tina. Do certainly. Thank you very much. <laughs> she, other than her coming across as young, which you mentioned, um, she's written a lot like Hermione's um, character was written. I agree with that. I didn't actually think about it like that, but that's true. She's very, um, uh, what do you call it, when you're kind of all over the place, but you're really ambitious anyway, and... Um, overachiever <laughs> overachiever and yeah you can tell she's she's nervous about a lot of things unsure of herself this all these are all fine characteristics totally um but there was a lot of confusion i think that came across with her character because none of none of her decisions felt natural um it felt kind of like a grave situation where maybe she was more of a filler than an established character to begin with. Which is so disappointing. 
I mean, she's such a cool character. That would have been so cool if she were actually a character. Yeah, with great potential. Because yeah. her situation is, is I think, really uh, represented well. Because she works for um, Mikusa, right, um, right. As, a, as a, or, excuse me, I'm going to say it wrong. An Auror. Auror? Okay. Auror. So, so Tina is already working as an Auror mm-hmm. for Makusa, which in means ministry. that, in the ministry, mm-hmm. which means that she's worked really hard. She knows her stuff. She's, I mean, essentially a police person right. for this universe. And that's no small, small feat for a woman in this, let's say, this decade, if we're believing that the same rules apply. As a base for this character, it's impressive. But what do we do with it? And that's kind of the problem. Yeah. And I would I would also say that her personality doesn't come across that way. Right. Her personality doesn't tell me that this is somebody who's... She feels more like an April in Parks and Rec than she feels like a Leslie in Parks and Rec. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, she's, she's too young to have known... And to have to know what to do and how to look and how to be and also to have enough experience to even become an Auror. I assume it takes a little bit longer than a high school education, which is what I assume she had because she's supposed to be in her early 30s. Um, maybe maybe she has a college. Do they have college? I don't even know if they do. I mean, I mean, even I mean, despite that, yeah. we know in the universe of Harry Potter that it becomes a lot to get to that point. Right. Um, dark magic, you would have to understand. You would have to really um, be well with um, counter curse spells. I mean, like, yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot of training, training, a and... lot of experience in the field, I would assume. And it, you're right. She doesn't come across as someone who's already been through that. She's too unsure of herself to have gone to that level, which is why I think your theory, when we started talking about alternative Tinas, made more sense. Do you want to tell us about your theory? Sure. Um, yeah, the The idea is, and please jump in, is that in the story as it is now, that she, she had already become an Auror, and then she got in trouble, uh, because she protected, she used magic in front of humans, um, and that was to protect Credence, right, uh-huh. um, from Mary Lou. And now she's basically, you know, in the basement trying to work her way back into being an or- order. My idea, which I would like to call our idea, but my idea, our idea, um, is that it would work a lot better if she had never been an order, um, but that being an order is her dream. That's what she wants. That's her goal. Because what's her goal? Her goal is so small. And I don't actually understand what it is. Well, I think it's, I think you said it. It's that she wants to bring in Newt because that will get her her job back, her label. And that's what she wants is just her job back? I I think so. Okay. But I I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I just maybe thought there was more. There was a bigger goal. I mean, it seems like her setup should have had a bigger goal for her. Exactly. Not just as a selfish person wanting to gain another ring in her ladder. Definitely. And I think it it kind of gets there. She, like, realizes, like, oh, maybe there are more important things going on here. Um, But that would have... Sorry. No, I I was going to say maybe the evidence there is that she cares more for Credence than her job. Mm. Um, but even that wasn't played enough if that was the real reason she didn't she didn't mention credence all that much except when newt asked about him yeah 
it would have been really easy to put more pressure on her. Her and her sister can't afford where they're living. Or, Ah. I mean, you know, it could be anything. They could use anything to make it a more pressured thing where she has to get her job back. And even in this situation, she has to get the job of order. I still argue that it'd be better if she never was an order. Right. But that she's really trying to earn her stripes and she's trying to provide for her sister, even though her sister probably could do shit without her. I mean, you know, she's such an adult already, which is great because she's the bubbly one. Um. But it just, she feels like, what I said originally was that she feels like she should be Scout from To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah. Like, that's, imagine Scout at 25. You know, she still hasn't quite come into her own yet, but she's she's getting there. But she's ambitious, and she's going to work hard, and she's kind of a tomboy. You know, like, all these things would be perfect, but it's all predicated on the fact that she's not already been in order. Right, right. Because she's still a little underskilled. Exactly. Um, she hasn't seen the darker side of the world yet. Yes. And that makes her um, fresh for new levels of adventure. And it's a perfect match for Newt. Because yes. Newt's not a warrior. Yes. He's like the mother archetype like we were talking right. about. So she would be his opposite, which would make them perfect as a couple. Absolutely. They'd be on the same playing field. They would be, I mean, I think that they would be very close to each other's equals in terms of their abilities and their knowledge. Like, it just would have made more sense to me. Right. And I did like the idea when we're talking about, like, the romance between them, that she would be not, like, not we wouldn't call it the muscle, but the magic the magic muscle totally. in the relationship. And he would be the mother type. Totally. You know, which is it's a, kind of a swap, a uh, gender swap, if we're going to call it something like that. Yeah. But it's compelling because we do want to see a woman who, who is – that speaks to us. Yes, it does. It does. And and then we we would feel more sympathy for her. We would understand her, her goals better and the why she is the way she is. And we would love Newt even more. Yes, yes. Because he's really just sort of his own person. And he's so sweet. We don't see a lot of that right now in the world. Right, right. <laughs> it would have been really great to see that on screen, to feel that. Right. To be like, wow, somebody out there gets it, you know? <laughs> But the way, yeah, the way her situation is set up, it, the character just doesn't match. And if you wanted that set up, then she, she would have needed to be written differently. Yes. She would have needed to have some power. Yes. To have some authority, to be more sure of herself. Less spunky, Less I would spunky, say. Less spunky, yeah. Like, and very put together, very well-to-do in her position, focused on, like, a corporate job, you know, like, that sort of character type. Absolutely. In which case, I don't know if the Credence thing would have happened because it doesn't seem, you know. Which is a problem with the story creation, not with necessarily the character in the situation. Right, right. You can't just slap it on there because that's what works for that one situation. Right. Because then it doesn't work in another situation. Yeah. It's just poor. I don't, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I do like the idea of adding some, some stakes in the situation where she... She does take care of her sister, um, so they need to, like, afford the apartment. Totally. And, um... I mean, sorry. No, go ahead. Off. I was just thinking, like, you know, she could even go into his briefcase and trying to get something, whatever she's trying to get, and that he accidentally closes it. You know what I mean? So that she's forced to be with him. It's sort of the equivalent of being, like, handcuffed to him. Oh, Yeah. So that there's a she needs to get back to her sister for yeah. some reason or another. You know oh what I mean? God, there's so many different too. ways you can play it. Yeah. And they would all work. 
And it, yeah, that makes... Okay, this is the other confusing part with um, Tina's character is turning in Newt in the end as well when she she brings a briefcase into the ministry. I know she doesn't know that somebody's been killed. Right. And that the stakes are much higher and that he could get in real trouble. Maybe she's just thinking like, ah, oh, I'm going to get my job back, you know, here yeah. I go. But it still almost didn't quite make sense for her. No. Am I wrong? No, okay. you're not wrong. <laughs> That's not enough. And I'm even sure I'm even sure the actor was like, "What is my reason yeah. for doing this? Really? How should I play this part?" Right yeah, now? they were like, "I don't know. Be emotional. <laughs> <laughs> Be a woman, you know." <laughs> but yeah, so I I do think in that case the best decision here would have been to have the situation different, where she hasn't she hasn't climb the ladder yet um right. she's ambitious but she has almost too much heart because it's maybe it's set her back yeah a few levels but she still has to take care of her sister because she's right. she's still responsible and now she's kind of falling for this guy who's her who's her opposite um and i just um, you know imagining that same scene where they get sentenced to death which is whoa um i'm gonna say that every time because it's a big job <laughs> <laughs> um the idea that she has so much ambition and that she just desperately wants to be an Auror that she even turns in the guy that she, you know, respects and likes. That's such a great moment for her to be like, oh, shit, you know, like, I regret this because I actually do care about this person and I'm letting my ambition get in the way of being human. Right. That would have been so compelling instead of her just like crying because they're going to be killed, which right. makes sense. Don't get me wrong. But like. Also, we'd be like, wait a minute. What do you mean I'm going to be killed? Yeah. Like, <laughs> what are you oh, that backfired yeah. <laughs> greatly. I would think I'd be more confused. than I'd be like, are you guys punking me? Oh, my God. You're right. <laughs> she, it's, it, this is more of a cause of confusion than it is of terror. Absolutely. I mean, because she, she it was her decision. And even when they're in the cell, she does a, a quick sorry for, about your creatures. But yeah. nothing, nothing that comes across as like, I can't believe I did that. Right. I liked you. I liked your creatures. I didn't think this this was going to snowball this quickly. Right. Um, and they could talk about how there's a bigger problem and how they're being framed and yes. how Graves is acting super suspicious. Right. They're a team. Yeah. But right. none of that really came across. Right. It, it, it kind of just, you know, sorry about your creatures. Oh, my God. We're going to die. Uh, yeah, really? <laughs> You're right. And, and so maybe that made that whole situation more confusing for us, yeah. too. Right. Plus, I mean... Not to get too bogged down, but, like, the ministry is supposed to be a representation of bureaucracy. Bureaucracy doesn't work that quickly. I know. They don't just make a decision and do it. Like, it takes a while. Right. And I thought that, that was just weird. And I thought it was weird that everybody was on board with, the filmmakers were on board with that. It was super weird. I mean, I wish that they had, like, act, like cut out a scene for time. And that we could still see that scene. Because that would even make more sense to me. Yeah. And you know what that scene could have been? Mm. Is is Graves, somehow Graves manipulating the system. Because Absolutely. we got to see that it was him and not the ministry. Absolutely. Because at this point, we think he works for the ministry. Right. It's like, no. As soon as we suspect Graves of something, Tina and Newt need to see that too. They need to be like, oh, shit. This is not a normal situation. Right. We're being sentenced to death. This is not our ministry. Yeah. This guy is not ministry not my president and then yeah then yeah. everything following could have still worked right but we would understand that he was acting as a rogue whatever villain you know exactly 
again, we get to see the characters confused, but we're not. <laughs> we understand that, that it's supposed to be confusing for those characters. Right. Oh, shoot. I never thought of it like that. But yeah, so that would solve that problem. It totally would. Just saying. So if anybody needs a rewrite idea. Uh, yeah. Or, you know, we can be contacted for consultation. Yeah. You can email us at bitethepen at gmail.com. Yeah. <laughs> I can just see all these emails. Or this. Oh my god, no, no, this. This would work. And we would probably agree with you, Mom. Yeah. Um, Maybe it's Pleasantville. Ooh. I'm just kidding. Maybe this. It all goes back to Pleasantville. Yeah. Anything else about Tina? Um, I'm just interested in seeing where she, where they go with her. She wasn't really... I mean, we'll talk about it in part two. Um, or part three, I should say. Uh, when we talk about part two movie. Confusing. But uh, I do, I am curious to see what they do with Tina, where she's going. Yeah. Um, or maybe they just haven't thought about it, which just seems more likely. I don't know. It's just so sad. Just, yeah. You're never supposed to stray away from your core characters like that. But we'll talk about that when it comes. Yeah. Okay. When it comes. Let's talk about joy. <sighs> the joys <laughs> of Jacob. Let's talk about something joyous okay. like Jacob. Give me one. We'll go back and forth. Give me one thing you like about Jacob. I like that he was ex-military, but that what he wanted to do in life was bake. Yes. So sweet and wonderful. Right? That yes. just speaks of his character is that it, when called to duty, he will do his duty. Mm-hmm. But that at heart, he's this kind of like really kind. Teddy bear. Teddy bear. <laughs> also motherly. Yes. Kind, which I think is why he takes to Newt so well. Yes. Yes. He's not aggressive or challenging Newt. Newt wouldn't respond to that anyway. But right. he the whole time he's just kind of on board, which is awesome. And yeah, he, he, I mean, where other people would freak out, be afraid or attack. Right. He just kind of takes it in. He's yes. like, this might as well happen. Yes. This is great. You know, magic. It exists. And he even, I love his line. Like, I would never, um, I don't have the imagination. imagination. What is that? I don't have, yeah, it's something like, I'm not smart enough to imagine this or something like yeah. that. Yeah. It's a great line. It was, yeah, it's totally Jacob's <laughs> line because that's exactly what we as the audience feel yes. when he's just around this magic. Yes. And we feel so welcomed into this world because of that. Yes. One of the reasons I love Jacob um, is because he, to me, represents what it used to mean to be American, where like you, you have a dream and you go for it. And sometimes you're kind of stomped on, but you still maintain your positive attitude and you keep working at it. Um, And then it, it comes back to you while also not being looked at as dumb. He's not, I don't ever look at Jacob like he's fooling himself or he's dumb. No. He's just honestly, he's honest. He's earnest. He's just trying to make his dream happen. And I feel like that's what I used to think America was about. And I remember a time when in movies, that's what we got. We got those kind of underdog characters to some degree. Yeah. Those, those underdogs that I remember, they never stomped on anybody else to get what they wanted either. They kept their morals even in the terrible times. Exactly. And I, you're right. Jacob's the same way. I never see him uh, foiling on his friends or, or you know, being enticed by the villains. It just doesn't happen because his morals are so concrete that he yes. knows good when he sees it. And J.K. seemed to really know him. It, she, to me, she proved that she knew him. 
and and that he's a good actor as well of course but that yeah i never there was nothing unnatural in his reactions and his what he says and what he does and how he looks at somebody like it all felt natural yes you tell me another reason you love jacob i think he was also our in for the very first time in in the, the magical world we as the muggles right we never <laughs> no magic we no magic <laughs> muggles we we probably were never introduced i think i've already said this on the podcast we were never introduced to a non-magical character this closely before right um that's true being part of the core four i'm gonna keep calling you yeah that. i love it um we actually get to see a nomad seeing magic totally and we can relate to that a whole lot more suddenly yeah i mean i think of dudley which it's always negative right? uh, that's yeah. a non-magical character experiencing magic right. in the way i imagine most people would right in this right. day and time right uh, because... oh and and the aunt and uncle you're right i can't well, forget yeah. about them well no yeah i think even more so the dudley because he doesn't have any preconceptions of it he right. doesn't know anything about it except for what happens with Harry, and that's because he's bullying him. Right. And they react out of fear. Right. And then the other character who isn't a non-magical person, who is a magical person, is um, Arthur Weasley, who's obsessed with muggles. Yeah. And he sort of sees them as, like, weird creatures, you know? And it, it's cute and everything because he's British, but, like, that wouldn't work in this case at all. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I was going to say it works because he is the magical and he's fascinated by the non-magical. But, yeah, in this situation, yeah, it, it wouldn't have worked. Yeah. And they they don't treat him like that. They're not like, oh, you're an interesting specimen. Right. They treat him as equal. Mm -hmm. as a, I mean, I know there's like the mention of the law at the beginning. Right. But even that seems to fade because they just take to him so easily. Yeah. Especially Newt, because once Newt takes him in, then yes. the girls follow too. Yeah. And I think Queenie was probably the first one to really like see him and be like, I like you. Right. Um, and, but yeah, that scene, you know, that scene where Newt takes him into his briefcase is just magical literally and figuratively it's yeah. wonderful to watch because it's the first time we see newt's sort of quirky fun personality and him sort of playing jokes on on jacob and jacob's a little like what is happening but he just goes with it yeah and then it's like immediately he gets to see newt's world and that's just, like, beautiful to see. I'm telling you, J.K. is really good at writing straight male characters. <laughs> yeah. It, I thought it worked really well. And I'll, I'll still use that scene as a reference for good development of relationship. Absolutely. Um, just in general. No matter what the relationship is, it's a good development. Absolutely. Mm. It's wonderful to watch. Yeah. yeah. He, yeah. For me, he just, he, he kept things light when it needed to be. Yes. Um, I even think he's a pretty good... Um, I wouldn't call it slapstick humor, but he does sort of use his body in humor. And I think that that is technically slapstick humor, but um, I, I like his use of it. He almost has like a the Honeymooners actor, uh, Gleason, I think his name is. He kind of has that old timey feel, which is great because it works perfectly for the time period. Oh. But he's so like modern for for the time that he's growing up in. Or, yeah, you know, living in, growing up. Because he can do that and be serious. Exactly. It's not like you can't talk to him because he's always joking. Right, it's right. Like he can get serious very quickly, but he can also just kind of lighten things up. Exactly. 
I could just go on and on. So no, yeah, I was gonna say, is there another thing that <laughs> that you love about Jacob? Um, I I love that he was in touch with his emotions, good and bad emotions. I mean, you know, difficult and easy emotions. Uh-huh. Um, him knowing that he has to having the wisdom to know that he has to walk into the rain that will make him forget everything oh, magical that wow. he experienced, and feeling that moment and sharing that moment with three others, let alone another man, um, who is not you know his lover yeah <laughs> like another straight man um was really really awesome to see they both do so well with that scene yes. because it's it's easy it's easy to stay focused on queenie's reactions to jacob but but every time i watched it i'm looking more and more at jacob and newt every time right yes and they both do so well with it because they have that line and it's that moment where they're like, oh, no, I, I liked you. That's yeah. why you're around. And right. And like, oh. <laughs> <Okay>. Exactly. <laughs> like, I, I, I liked Queenie's relationship to Jacob and I thought it was really, like, sweet that she goes out into the rain and kisses him. But that is absolutely not what I was focused on. My eyes the whole time was watching Newt's reaction. Right. And then watching Jacob's reaction to Newt, you know? Exactly. Um, Just because that relationship was so well developed. Exactly. And there was chemistry there. Uh, It wasn't romantic chemistry. It was just really effective chemistry. Absolutely. And it's so nice to see that with characters who actually have a bond as opposed to all these characters, all these actors that they force together. And they're like, make the chemistry happen. Right. Oh, my gosh. See, that's why I'm sure for the actors that scene just came naturally yes because they they had good verbs the whole time they had good backstory everything was so well developed between those two that it was i'm sure easy just to know what to do in those moments totally whereas you know tina is always so awkward and i'm sure she's always struggling as an actor to to figure out (laughs) yeah to figure out what to do in the scenes right and that's that's too bad because she's a great i think she's a great actor and she, she did well with what she had absolutely it's like johnny depp I feel the same way about him. Yeah. In the second one, especially. Like, he's a good actor. He just didn't have much to work with. Yeah, yeah. Um, that must be really tough. Yeah. Actors' lives are so hard. <laughs> I mean, you know, working as an artist in a situation no, yeah. where you feel like you're, yeah, you're, you're having to turn something over, but there's no essence and... I know a lot. I mean, I've always heard that, but it wasn't until like really talking to our friend Ashley and her explaining and going over lines of different characters and like seeing how she reacts to different characters and like how she takes to some and some she has to work harder on finding. And it's just it is a lot of work. Don't get me wrong. It's just fun to make fun of actors. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but I, I think it's um, it's just really great when you see good casting because there are so many films that could have been saved if they were just casted differently. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was very happy with the the filmmakers on that on that point. Also, I, yeah, I was too. Yeah. I thought the core four worked really well. Yeah, together, which is even more disappointing when we kind of lose all four in the second one. God. But we'll talk about that more later. Let's oh, just dear God. <laughs> revel in the joys of Jacob in the first one, and. Uh, Leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. The next thing we'll do is uh, Fantastic Beasts 2. What is it? Grin- the Crimes of Grindelwald. The Crimes of Grindelwald, which we never see. Um, <laughs> so we'll right. be- <laughs> I mean, Actually, everybody's pointed that out. Like, by the way. What are the crimes? not about we the crimes of Grindelwald. We haven't seen any of his crimes, but okay. Um, so we'll be reading the script and watching the film, of course. And then we'll we'll talk about what sticks out for us. 
I think that's the best way so far that's worked for us. Is there anything else you want to add before we... I'm good. I think that was all I wanted to talk about. Well, thank you for listening and participating and for your face. Wait, me or yeah, the you. listeners? Oh, you. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. Who cares about the listeners? Oh, yeah, you guys, you don't matter. <laughs> I matter. <laughs> Please thank me. Wow. <laughs> um, no, thank you. Jan oh god here we go with the Jen Hansen okay. thing you can follow us on twitter at bite the pen or if you'd like to email us you can reach us at bite the pen at gmail.com if you liked what you heard please tell your friends um we appreciate everyone that's listened um and and we appreciate any feedback as well you can email me about that do not bother charlotte martinez if you bother her i'm gonna come beat you up unless you want to be beaten up then i won't i just you know because we had the okay she's laughing at me I think I will say goodbye now. Are you going to say goodbye? Goodbye. Oh, my God. (laughs) 